Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Once again, I'm Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Mark Lack, and I've known Mark for probably just over a year now, and uh, we hit it off right away. He is the CEO and founder of Shorten the Gap. Uh, he's written a book of the same title, and he definitely knows what it takes to be uh, to be successful. I've asked him to come and join us on the call today because, again, like I say, I want to help give you guys everything you need to be successful, and he's been able to, trans- to figure out what's transferable between an athletic, uh, uh, a world-class athletic career and business. So when Mark was 17, 18 years old, he was number one in the world for paintball. He played on the number one team dynasty and he was their number one player. And so he really had to figure out what it took to get ahead of everyone else. And he's definitely translated that over by taking his business short in the gap from zero to six figures in less than a year. So uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. I, of course, appreciate your inspiration and your time. How you doing, bud? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you for having me on your show, but yeah, no, of course, of course. So, um, yeah, so I mentioned kind of a little bit about your early career and what you did with paintball and kind of learning the principles of success and, and <coughs> associating with that and how that led you to reading uh, Shorten the Gap. But what were you doing before you came into before you wrote the book before you launched this new company? Now, you know. It's actually, I get asked that all the time is it's like the trends, what, what, what was the exact transition between playing professional paintball and traveling all over the world for that and then starting my own company and being able to, you know, get to where I'm at so quick. And what I was really doing was I was in school. I convinced my parents to get me into paintball. I really quickly, you know, was able to ramp up by, you know, studying some principles which I can share with you about how to go from just starting out in something and then how to master and become a professional very quickly. So I did that, got on the best team in the world, um, got really into personal development towards the end of my paintball career. I wish I would have gotten into it a little bit sooner, but um, got really into personal development. And today I've invested over, you know, around half a million dollars into my personal and professional growth. And that led me to just all of a sudden just needing to flow and vent all this information out of me, in which case, I just caught myself writing, 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 writing. And I'm somebody who hated reading, hated school, hated having to write projects and stuff. And I caught myself, you know, about 80 pages in, just flowing and writing and venting onto a computer. And I was like, wait a minute, 80 pages. I would get mad if I had to write a five or 10 page essay for school. This must mean something, you know? And so I guess, you know, at some point I just had a transition where I felt like I was led 
into this field of personal development and business development and really becoming a, an entrepreneur and a coach and a consultant for other people. And uh, it just led me down this, this insane, amazing path that I'm so blessed to be on now where I'm at with my company and everything that I'm doing. And uh, it's an exciting journey, but you know, it's an interesting life to have gone from paintball finish college and then to where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, I mean and that's it's really impressive. Again, I mean already to at such a young age to have been world class at anything and you know, um, a lot of people don't necessarily realize how serious paintball can be. Um, you know, but I mean, there was even a tournament where the, the, the prize money that you actually, you and your team won was $160,000. I mean, that's, that's no chump change, right? So that's a real industry. There's real competitors. There's people that are investing serious money and getting that very much like business. It's not just a, an easy cakewalk. It's not, um, some sort of leisurely hobby. Like a lot of people that know paintball might, it might, be, uh, they might, they might think of it like that. Like I know when I go play paintball, it's just a bunch of buddies. It's like a beer game, right? Or a birthday party or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Shoot the birthday boy. But um, <laughs> so shorten the gap, what are some of the key things that you feel have really helped you in, in tra- like again, in, in seeing what it took to rise to the top and, and dealing with the challenges and, and, and um, the obstacles in trying to be number one at something and now with what you're doing in business? I mean, you kind of already alluded to some of it already, but can you maybe just share with some of the listeners? Like if you were to start something new all over again and you wanted to be top of the world in it, what what's kind of the process you would follow? Um, one of the biggest things that you absolutely must do, I mean, if you're going to try to find what's the correlation, at least relating paintball and then the business world and, and how I've been able to replicate my success so quickly from just starting out in something and working your way up quickly to being considered an expert or a pro, um, you know, the biggest number one thing that I would recommend is you've got to get a mentor or mentors. One of the things that allowed me to skyrocket so quickly in paintball was, you know, my dad, who was really supportive of me, and I've been blessed with amazing parents, is my dad always taught me, he said, hey, look, you've got to get somebody who's already done what it is that you want to do. They're already five steps down the road. They've already achieved whatever it is you want to achieve. And so he got me one of the best mentors and coaches in paintball to help me. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I was able to succeed so quickly. And so if you're in business or you're in anything or you want to get into anything, you've absolutely got to find somebody who's already achieved whatever it is you want to do. If you want to be a professional, you know, guitar player or a professional sports athlete or professional person in business or a coach or a consultant specifically like I'm doing in business right now is I go out and I go and I find the best person in the field on multiple people if possible and learn everything I can. So if you're starting something out, you've got to go and you've got to find mentors. Don't just find a mentor, but try to find the best mentor possible. And if you can't get access to them in person, then I guarantee that that person has probably written a book or has videos online or has some sort of literature or anything like that that you can get a hand on. Maybe they have live events. You've got to surround yourself with people that are already you know, a couple steps or many steps down the road to where you want to be, and you've got to get access to learning from them so that you can shorten your learning curve dramatically. That's probably the biggest thing that anybody can do who's wanting to become a professional anything. No, and I think that that really fits into a recurring theme on here that, um, you know, that you can't get rich on your own and that, you know, success isn't necessarily a mystery. Anyone that's trying to do something, even if you've got a business and you feel like your product is revolutionary and will change the industry, there's still people that you can associate with or the people that you need to reach out to to have in your corner because you won't be able to solve the problem. Was it you can't solve you can't solve today's problems with the thinking that got you here. And exactly, uh, exactly. So, um, that's awesome. So what are some of the, like, 
I guess, I mean, for you, it's been only one year and it's such a short period of time, but to get up and running, were, were there any major setbacks in this year? Were there any of the biggest challenges that you had? What do you feel have been kind of the biggest hurdles for you in just the startup phase? I mean, I literally just had a couple of guys leave here that were trying to get some help out of me for their startup. They have a software product, um, and I know some of the challenges they're going through. But for you, what's been your experience, and what were some of the key? Because you didn't – like you said you just spent all this money on that, and so I want to kind of reframe that a bit because you've done this with almost no marketing budget. You've taken your company from zero to there – um, zero to six figures with pretty much no marketing budget, right? You invest in your education and then mm-hmm. how, like what have been some of your biggest challenges? Because I think when you said that and what you've said, like what you've invested, you might give it like people might be like, Oh, of course he's got, you know, to six figures. Cause it sounds like he's got money to spend. Right. But yeah. that hasn't been the case. You haven't had the money to, to spend. Have you? No. And that's, what's funny is I actually, I had no idea that I was going to end up you know, at least this early on, I'm, I'm still 24. So I, I never had the, you know, I never fathomed starting my own company this young. I knew I always wanted to, but I didn't know it was going to be this soon. And I especially didn't know it was going to be in the field of being a coach and a consultant and a speaker and all of that and an author. And so it's like totally not what I was expecting. My model of the world did not project me doing this at this age. And so for me, when I invested all of the money that I did in my personal development and my professional development, it was solely with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to invest heavily in my future success so that not only I can get my personal life on lock and make that a masterpiece, but also I can go and be the very best, most valuable asset in any company I step foot in because I'll be a master at sales and leadership and motivation and all the other things that I was working on. And so I was just looking at creating myself into an invaluable asset so that I could make a lot of money and live the lifestyle that I want going into any industry I want because I had sharpened my skills so much. Little did I know that that journey of you know personal development and self-mastery and investing so heavily in that was going to end up leading to me becoming one of the people in the industry that's you know, an expert and a guru that others are spending money to invest in for their knowledge and their time. And so, you know, I had spent so much money doing that, that I hadn't left very much for me to actually go out and start a business. And so it was funny, it was almost like I needed to invest all the money in the education so that I could start my business and break six figures. But then I started my business and didn't have that much money left to really scale the business at the speed. I mean, we probably could have hit six figures if I spent that money investing it in the business than in my education. Right. Maybe. Again, I don't know. But you wouldn't but have I, known where to spend it. Like, that's the I problem, wouldn't... right? Because it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't have known what I now know, but at the same time, it's like I would have had the money. But here's what I was able to do. And here's why I was able to break six figures in our first years because I did have that knowledge. I was able to come in and say, hey, look, I know from investing so heavily in my education that money is never an excuse to not being able to grow a successful company. All you have to do is, one of my favorite words, leverage other people's marketing collateral, other people's assets and resources, and other people's knowledge, and everything else that you can possibly leverage. You just need to take and get access to that, leverage it in your own business, and then you can achieve whatever goals it is you want. And so I didn't have the marketing budget that I wanted. We only spent actually about to be to I say we didn't spend any money in marketing because realistically to be able to break six figures you need to spend a lot more than what we did. We spent two hundred dollars on a test one time and never did it again. <laughs> but we were still we broke six figures and I say we never spent any, but realistically I spent two Benjis on a test that we wanted to do for marketing, two hundred dollars and 
the results were actually good. And I know the old saying in marketing, right? If it's good, then keep it going. If you, if you spent less than you made, you got something that's at least decent. And so we actually didn't keep running it because I was making more money, not spending any money. So to me, spending $200 to make the money I was getting an ROI for, which was a lot, I was able to get that same ROI, if not higher, not spending money at all. And so it's funny that my business model and my creative process that I came up with is a seven step leverage process. And it allowed us to, amongst many other things I did for leverage, but, um, you know, the, the one word to summarize how we broke six figures our first year is leverage. Well, so what did you do? Like you had no budget, you had to get customers. <laughs> so what, like, how, so what did you do? You clicked your heels. It was like, there's no place like home. There's no, there's like, no place like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, what we did was we found, this is what I came up with. I came up with the process, right? One, so, I mean, I have so many different mentors I could reference right now that helped get to where I am. But, um, you know, I basically learned from so many of my mentors that if you don't have the money to go out and get in front of your target customers, then who already has spent money to get in front of your target customers? And what type of value and risk reversal would you have to bring to the table so that that person would give you access to their audience? Now, I found a unique way and I'm kind of, you know, giving some value right here because this is one of the one of the ways that we broke six figures our first year is I got in front of I said hmm who's already got access I, it's all about asking quality questions right and so I said hmm who already has access to all of the or the majority of the target market that I want to reach and would be happy to put me in front of them well there's joint ventures and affiliates which is the standard way of you know becoming successful overnight if you want to call it that in the coaching and consulting industry you partner up with all the big dogs, have them promote you through a product launch or speak on their stage or whatever, and boom, overnight. Only difference is you're still paying a commission and an affiliate fee or a joint venture fee, which is another way of saying you're still paying a customer acquisition fee, which is the same exact thing at the essence of it as marketing. Marketing is a customer acquisition fee. Money goes out in order to hopefully make more money back. Same thing with a joint venture and affiliate is you're still paying money to make money. I found a way to spend no money at all and just make 100% profit. And so... For those of you listening, I'm sure people are sitting on the edge of the seat. What is it? Well, part of the process is getting in front of your target audience. I did that through the form of TV, radio, podcasts, and interviews on YouTube channels and anything I can get my hands on. And still to this day, I do it as well. Is There's people out there that have a listening base of my target audience to some degree. And if I'm positioned as an expert, then they're going to need experts on their show, in which case I can get in front of as many people in my target audience that have radio, TV, podcast, or interviews in any field and vertical that want me, the expert, to come and speak to their audience, in which case I'm now able to get in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. My record has been two million people on one interview I did for a radio show, um, nice. which I don't need the name. It was a business radio show. But um, yeah, so the point is today I've been in front of you know over five million people on different interviews. And so... And I've done hundreds of interviews, and that has been one of the vehicles that I have used to get in front of millions of people. I don't know the degree. I don't have all the analytics on the listening audience to know how many of them were my target audience. The point is, they were my audience. They may not have been my ideal client avatar, but they were still part of my audience, and a majority of them were my avatar client avatars because they came looking for me, opted into my sales funnels, and you know the rest. It helped us break six figures. But that's one of the big ways is I got in front of my target audience. It's all about asking quality questions. I don't have the money to spend to get in front of my target audience, so who else has my target audience and what would I have to do to get in front of them was the question I asked myself, and it allowed us to come up with a really unique strategy that I created. Um, not It's not a... It's not a you know confusing, crazy thing. It's like a no-brainer. Wow, Mark got on podcasts and did lots of interviews, but it added up, and 
it's one of the strategies I use to help us get, you know, yeah, hundreds, well, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And that's the thing is that this is, this is something I'm glad you pointed out because it doesn't need to be ninja backflips. Like, exactly. Like that's, people, people, yeah, like people, people that eludes people so much, like, it, you know, that, oh, well, it's not, it's not hard enough. It's not difficult yeah. enough. I'm not, oh, that's you know, it? that's, yeah, like people, some people feel that, wait, 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 like, it, they're, we're, like, cause we have this sense that we're supposed to like, we're supposed to suffer, right? Like uh-huh. we're supposed to suffer to make the money we want to make. We're supposed to suffer to earn all the things that we want. Like there, you know, people feel guilty if they haven't suffered to, to get something. And I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. Those are your comments. <laughs> right. Which is a mindset thing. And yeah. so, yeah, exactly. I wholly agree on that. Let's talk about traffic. Cause you said your strategy was basically to borrow other people's traffic. That's it. Yep. You didn't have the time and you need to get going fast. And so this is a really good uh, key lesson. I want to make sure that our listeners get. So really there's only three ways to get traffic. One is to buy it. One is to borrow it. Or to create it. So by doing this podcast, I'm creating traffic. I'm creating an audience, and I'm creating over time. My listener base will grow, and I, you know, and that's fine, and that's great, and that's a long tail strategy. That's not something I'm doing that's going to make me the money tomorrow. It's something I'm doing over the long term to either just stay in touch with people that I've already got on my list, or people that I already know in my audience, and almost to, to, to demonstrate, like what you said, you got on interviews and you demonstrated your expertise. That's part of what this is. It allows me to yeah. provide value to people and help people, and by them getting results. Hopefully they'll come back and want more when they have the next problem. And so that's creating traffic. And then what you mentioned, that was borrowing. And some people call it joint venture partners. Some people call it strategic mm-hmm. alliances. Um, whatever it is, maybe you're writing your guest blogging or you're, you know, you're a co-author at something or you're doing whatever you can. Maybe you're, you're at a trade show and sharing booth space, but you're borrowing someone else's relationship, someone else's time, energy, effort, work um, to, to access uh, a user base very, very quickly. Um, and then, of course, the, the the last way is to buy that traffic, to buy access to that audience. And something that I think all of our listeners should know is that you can grow very fast, very quickly by borrowing traffic. But over the long term, you need to figure out a way to be able to buy that traffic. Exactly. Because otherwise, like how many times could you be like, you know, realistically, Mark, I can only have you here once on my podcast every so often because otherwise it becomes the Mark show. And it's not. It's the Daryl show, right? Exactly. Then I need to get into my own business of creating my own traffic. And so, you know, you brought up a great point is our business allowed, I was able to break six figures in our first year because I, I, fi- I figured out a really, you know, and a handful of different creative strategies to borrow people's traffic. Now in 2015, we're going to break seven figures in our second year because we're going to start buying traffic and also creating traffic in addition to, of course, borrowing it. But now we're going to hit all three of the columns, borrowing, creating, and buying traffic. But for those of you listening, if you're just starting out, I would highly recommend figuring out a really good value proposition, unique selling proposition, and risk reversal offer that you can have to, to basically go to other people and be able to borrow their traffic, whether that's through joint ventures, affiliates, or through my simple strategy, which is getting on as positioning yourself as an expert with really good branding and then going and, and, and having people pitch you to get on their shows, radio, TV, podcast, interviews, whatever it is. And borrow as much traffic as possible. Again, I told you in my first year, I got in front of over 5 million people. And, um, you know, I'll give out books. So I've given out close to 50,000 books on all those interviews. And so the books lead people back into my sales funnel. And so, there, and it's a digital book, it's an ebook. So it cost me nothing to give out 50,000 books. So just keep thinking what ways can I borrow traffic and how could I position myself as an expert and what would I have to give to be able to get in front of more of my audience for free? And that's how I would recommend starting out is borrowing traffic. Now, because, 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say buying traffic and marketing. I consider a Gordian knot. It's a, it's a, just a hassle. You need somebody like Daryl to come in and support you <laughs> if you want to be able to buy traffic and, and not have your learning experience be extremely expensive. And then creating traffic is also a formula as well. It's an algorithm. You can become a New York Times bestselling author overnight if you know the formula. You can be a top podcast host almost within a few weeks or months if you know the algorithm. Um, everything is a formula. But I would say out of buying traffic and creating traffic formulas, the borrowing traffic formula is probably the easiest and simplest one to implement right off the bat for your first year. Yeah, and um, it's, it's, I like what you say about providing value because the biggest mistake you can make is just like, hey, look, if I've, if I've spent 10 years of my life building an audience and you want me to go – I actually just had this. Some guy you know, he, on Facebook, he, he shared – and I, I don't know. I feel for the guy. He shared an interview that I had done, that I an interview I'd done on a, on Facebook, and he shared he has like seventy six friends. And then all of a sudden, he asked me and wants me wants me to share his thing. And so, but you know, he did something for a local television show, and I feel for the guy. And I I might do it, but he was hoping I would send it to my email list. And he thought because he shared my thing to his seventy six friends that I should share his thing to my like thousands and tens of thousands of people. And, you know, so if you want to get in front that you need to be able to provide value and this guy, you know, I might give, I'm probably going to give a bit of a shout out, but I'm not going to do it on all channels because I've put all this time, energy and effort into it. Unless it's really good content, then maybe I will. So that's coming back to what you were saying um, about adding value. And I wanted to ask you when I was interrupting, could you explain risk reversal and what that is and what that means for some of the listeners who, who they're like, what, what is that? I don't, I don't get, what am I, what am I? Definitely. Risk? <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that. Again, it's like sometimes you speak with the uh, if you want to call it the lingo, right? And you forget what people don't what people don't know. Right. Um, and so, risk reversal for those of you listening that are kind of wondering what that is, you've seen it all over the place. It's just the thirty day money back guarantee that we've all seen so much. That's the essence of and probably the number one most standard risk reversal that's out there. Thirty day money back guarantee. So that is so overplayed and so common that I think so many of us transparently look straight through that and don't even consider it. Like we're, it's almost it has to be there, mm-hmm. meaning that it, it doesn't even have that much value if it has to be there. It's not like the essence of risk reversal is, dang, that was such a good deal. Let me give you guys an example to really show you the power of risk reversal. Would you guys rather accept – there's two guys that you guys can buy horses from. One of the guys says, you can take the horse – and pay for it today, take it to your house, and if after 30 days your daughter doesn't absolutely love the horse that you got her, then you can bring the horse back and I'll give you a full refund. Or the other gentleman's offering the horse. So that's rare. If you don't like it, you can bring it back, we'll give you your money back. So that's the common risk reversal. Here's a way more powerful risk reversal. is uh, you, can, you can take the horse home today absolutely for free. My son will come with you feed the horse every single day, come and pick up the crap that the horse leaves behind every single day, and he'll do this for 30 days straight. If after the 30 days, your daughter isn't absolutely in love with the horse, and you guys you know, don't think that this is an investment that you want to stick with, then we'll take the horse back. But if you do want to keep the horse after the end of the 30 days, then I'll simply ask you to make the investment there. Which horse would you rather invest in? Right, right, right. I, I would assume it's going to be the second horse because there's so much more risk reversal there. You didn't even have to make the investment until after the 30 days, and he's going to help you through the 30-day process. So there's much more risk reversal. There's a way better offer and more, more of a guarantee and less risk and less hassle and a better peace of mind going with option two. Now, they both offer a guarantee. One has a more powerful one. 
And so that's the essence of risk reversal is, you know, you may see the 30-day 30, 30 money-back guarantee, but you can still crush that and make it way more powerful by giving, you know, back to the reference that I just showed you through the different ways that you can increase your risk reversal. Right. And that's that's a great explanation. And it's important that you consider that no matter what industry you're in, there's a way to do it. And you got to think about what you're... That's why I use horses because probably, you're probably not thinking about horses. <laughs> right. No, but it's, it's a great it's a great example because even with dry cleaning, like I would take my, you know, I, I know myself with dry cleaning, there's been times that I haven't taken my suit to go to the dry cleaner only because like I just moved somewhere or something and I just figured, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, throw it in the wash and it'll be okay because I was worried about taking to someone I didn't know and they damage it or ruin it or something of that sort. So no, that was a really good, that was a really, really good um, example. So um, would you recommend any sort of resources? Do you have any like books that you've learned or anything that you and your mentors have recommended that you thought were really helpful and powerful? Of course. And after doing hundreds of interviews, I've been asked this question so many times. And so I hate saying the same thing over and over again. And so I always, I almost always try to give a different quote or a different book or a different recommendation just for anyone who's following me and listens to a lot of my interviews. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop listening to Mark because I know that when he gets asked that question, it's the same thing. So I, for those of you listening or who have heard me before, I like to always try to say something different so that I'm always adding value because there really is so many amazing, great books out there. I've read over 300 books and I, I would recommend highly many, many mentors and books that I've read. So for right now to ask that, you said a book, um, How to Get Everything You Can with Everything You've Got uh, by Jay Abraham. Mm. How to Get Everything You Can out of, uh, out of All You've Got by Jay Abraham is a, is a phenomenal book and that'll teach you That'll teach you some essence, um, the essence of leverage and help you make some distinctions like I just did between a guarantee and then, you know, risk reversal at a higher level um, and, and many other different things. So that would be a great book to recommend. Um, mm, that is a great book. And I, I, I bought it just a couple of weeks ago and I've only flipped through it. But one of the things I know Jay's stuff, uh, not all of his stuff really well, but I actually just recently got some more of his stuff. One of the things that I love, though, is that book is all about, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's all about seeing opportunities that already exist. Like it's not a book about going out and finding, you know, and buying something new and getting something else. It's looking at what you already have and making more out of it. Isn't that, isn't that correct? It is. It is. It's. Uh, I mean, it says it on the title, right? How to get everything you can out of all you've got. And so I think that one of the most interesting distinctions that I made as a coach is that when I work with people, sometimes the biggest breakthroughs I can help them have, either in their personal life or in their business life, is not that I said something absolutely mind-blowing or that I've given them some crazy new strategy. It's really that I just helped them make a simple distinction about something in their life and they just saw it in a different way. So it was already there, back to like the law of relativity, right? It was already there and it was the same thing. Nothing actually changed. Only thing that changed was that they see it from a different perspective now. And so it's kind of back to that, like what you were saying, right? It's like it's already there. But you can get so much more out of it by just seeing it from a different angle or using it in a different way, which is sort of the essence of leverage. It's taking what you already have and leveraging it for a different purpose. Right, right, right. Do you know the story Acres of Diamonds? I think so, but why don't you just recap it for the audience? Sure, sure, sure. The story of Acres of Diamonds is a great story, and it really fits what we're talking about here. And the story, for those who haven't listened, haven't heard it, it's a guy. He grows up on, you know, just a farm boy. His parents have a small farm, and his whole life he's dreaming of traveling the world and finding a diamond mine. And 
and just becoming rich and famous and doing all these luxurious things and just, you know, seeing the best of life, so to speak, um, that money can afford anyways. And when his parents, you know, and he's dreaming about it and he grows up on this farm his entire life and, you know, his parents pass away eventually and he inherits a farm. The first thing he does is he finds a buyer and he sells the farm and he takes his money and he, he sets off to travel the world and search of this diamond mine. And eight years goes by, and he ends up later on back in his hometown at a diner he grew up in, and kind of broke and desolate, and just kind of, you know, on his last dime. And he's looking at the paper, and on the front cover of the local paper is the guy that he sold his farm to, and he found a diamond mine on his dad's old farm. So the whole story of Acres of Diamonds is that you don't know what you got until it's gone, quote, so to speak. And that's, uh, I think, just the book you said, and even what we're talking about, like you saying how you did, you know, you just leveraged the relationships that you had. And I mean, you live in L.A., and there's tons of opportunity, and you literally was like, all right, I live in L.A., what resources are there here? Who can I borrow? Who can I leverage? What can I leverage? What can I, you know, what traffic can I borrow? Where can I go and be where things are happening and get in front of people that fit my avatar, my demographic, and tell them, you know, what I can do for them and, and, and do some sort of demonstration of it. Um, so anyways, that's what made me think of that. The story acres of diamonds it just fits so well. Cause so many people are sitting on tons of opportunity and they don't even know it. And some people, they know it, but then they don't do anything about it because it's almost like that backyard syndrome. It's just sitting right there. You know, it's almost too easy. And it's like, um, I, I've, I feel like I did this earlier this year. I feel like I gave up on a project. I mean, we still had success. I'm not going to complain about that, but I feel like it could have been 10 times what it was. Not that there's anything to balk at with what we did. Um, but because, you know, it's the whole concept of you run through the finish tape and you're in a hundred meter dash, you don't slow down right before the line, right? You, you run right through it. And I think a lot of people, because it's so easy, it's right there. They can just pick up the phone and call this person and get an interview or, you know, oh, their friend has a business and, you know, and, you know, their customers, you know, are, are like, for example, if you're, you're a swimming instructor and you've got a buddy that installs pools, it would be so easy to pick up the phone and be like, Hey man, can we work something out where you can refer people to me? But because it's so easy, you know, I'll get around to it. Do you know what I mean? And meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, there's just this opportunity, this fortune that they're sitting on. They're just not doing anything. About. <laughs> let me just let me just riff off of that right now, just because this one's hilarious. And I think that you know, for anyone who hears this, that can have the distinction of the eye-opening paradigm shift from this. Uh, it'd be worth me mentioning right now is you're talking about how simple it is to leverage stuff like that. And this is one of the people always ask me, how did you get in such a short period of time? How did you get people to? endorse you and support you like some of the names that i've got you know brian tracy being one of them who's a legendary guy in the industry it's like how did you get him to support you um so early on and i always say it was actually pretty easy i just reached out <laughs> i just <laughs> i just reached out to him and yes it did it took me 18 tries to go up the ladder of gatekeepers which is just you know, an assistant or an executive assistant or a manager or somebody trying to keep you away that you have to get through the gate of before you can go and talk to the Brian Tracy or whoever it is you're going to. So I, we, I reached out on the website. I got to the contact page. I got to support. I got to an assistant. I got to the executive assistant. And then 18 emails back and forth later over a six-month period with the executive assistant of Brian Tracy, I got Brian Tracy to endorse my book. And I did that because even though I wasn't, you know, where I'm at now, I wasn't positioned as an expert. I didn't even have my book finished. I didn't have a lot, a lot of the things I have today. So how could I have possibly gotten somebody like Brian Tracy to endorse me? I painted and tied him into my vision of where I'm going to be in the future and said, I can't add value to you today, but I can add value to you then. 
and at this time in the future. And I can prove to you that I'm going to be there by showing you what I've done and my confidence and by showing you that 18 tries later, I made your executive assistant finally pester you enough <laughs> to say, hey, this, this, guy, this guy's not like all the other hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people that have reached out asking for your support. This guy survived the web and weathered the storm of a whole six months, 18 emails and phone calls later. This guy's the real deal. He's going to do what he says he's going to do, and he's going to shine light on on you. And and I'm mentioning Brian now to your audience, and I've done this to literally millions of people and audiences, either in person on stage or in interviews such as podcast, radio, and TV. And so the point is, Brian Tracy has had his name heard by millions of people from my mouth doing exactly what I said I would do back when I started, and that was endorse me today, and I'll add value to you tomorrow. And so. That essence is I don't care if you don't think you can get somebody big to endorse you today because you can't add value today because the essence of my life is adding value, right? It's like add value, add value, add value because money is a byproduct of adding value and value creation. Mm -hmm. And so you know, creating value for people is going to be basically how you get more things in life. Add more value to other people and you'll get more back. And so – you know, if you can't add value to somebody like Brian Tracy today, well, how's he going to endorse you, Mark? Because adding value is what it's all about. Well, do what I just said. Tie them into the vision and say, I can't add value today, but I can guarantee I can add value tomorrow. And if I can't add tomorrow, I can add it the next day and the next day and the next day because I'm not going to stop until I get to where I say I'm going to get. And so that's just leveraging time, right? We can all make those 18 phone calls and those 18 emails and survive. Um, I lived for six months. I could, any of us could have communicated over that six-month period. The difference was I didn't take no as an answer. So I just leveraged what I had, which was my drive and my courage and my ambition and my passion and my confidence. And I was just keep moving forward, right? So I just leveraged what we all have and just keep moving forward. Don't take no and find out how you can get big people to support you. I think it's one of the funniest things out there is people always tell me, oh my gosh, that's my favorite person. That's my favorite person. That's my biggest mentor. That's my biggest role model. And I say, well, how many times have you reached out to get them? And they just look at me with this puzzled face, like a dog that heard a weird noise. They turn their heads out, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even fathom, like I couldn't reach out to him, I would hear no. And I'd say, yeah, you would hear no, but the difference is as long as they say 99 no's and you, and, but you get that one yes, you know, it's like... The yeses are what count, right? The yes is the only thing that counts. And I guarantee all you have to do is withstand the amount of no's that somebody else isn't willing to withstand and you can get the one yes. The, the, the one person standing is going to get the yes and that can be you. As long, I'll, I'll knock on somebody's door for 10 years, if that's who I really, really want to get to say yes to me, I'll never stop if I want them to get to say yes. And that's probably the biggest thing that you need to take away from this is just relentlessly work towards whatever it is you want to accomplish. If that's getting a big name, go for it. If that's building your business, go for it. If that's you don't have the marketing budget, go out and borrow it, right? There's always yep. a way. Yep. No, no. And that's, I love what you say because that's so, so, so true. And, you know, Thomas Edison, he had something like 20,000 or 50,000 failed experiments when he was trying to create <laughs> yep. the light bulb. And when he said, he said, I didn't figure it out. I just ran out of wrong things to do. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I found 10,000 ways that didn't work. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I, you know, what you said, it's just, I, I did an interview because I, I, I still, even though I've got my podcast, I still get interviewed. And I said, uh, he, what was it? He was asking about one of the things, like one of the best resources I think available to entrepreneurs online. And I was like, Google and Facebook. And he was like, yep. really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you can ask Google anything and you'll get an answer. 
And even, you know, even if it's the wrong answer, it still gives you some sort of feedback, right? Like it gives you direction. And here's the thing is that what you just said about reaching out, I went to, when I was early in my career, you know, I go to a conference, you know, like you, right? Spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars by now on my education. And one of the gurus on the stage was like, if you want to be broke, hang around nine broke people. And I was like, forget that. I want to be rich. I want to hang around nine yeah. millionaires. But I lived in a small town in Canada, and I was like, you know, there's no – I don't know any millionaires in my city. So I went and I used Facebook. I looked up all the, like, the big players in the in my interest. And at the time, it was – I just wanted to get good at business and marketing. And I went and found guys that I could resonate with, and I just reached out to them over Facebook. I know it's so crazy. It's just – I know it's insane, but I, I just – I went on Facebook, <laughs> and I searched their names – and I sent them a message and, you know, and I just, I just started a relationship and, you know, before you knew it, between doing that at conferences and Facebook and that I befriended 12 millionaires. And it's just, it's like you said, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just doing it. And so anyone that's listening to this again, if you have a small software, if you're a startup, um, maybe you should approach a bigger company, someone that could endorse you or absorb you, or maybe provide some sort of guidance or some sort of relationship to help act, give you access to what you need, but don't be afraid to just reach out. And, you know, again, uh, like what Mark said, it's not going to be a resounding success the first time. And was it the, the barriers aren't there to keep you out. It's to keep, it's to make it so much better on the other side when you get there. It's and to keep the people that <laughs> don't really want want it out right you're you're exactly you're talking about what you said instantly popped in the story of the stone cutter into my head and that is for those of you who don't know the story of the stone cutter i'll shorten it up really quickly for you it's basically just that the guy cutting the stone trying to split the stone he hits it you know a thousand times and the stone never even moves at all no cracks no nothing the final 1,001 hit and the whole entire stone splits in half. Was it the final hit or was it the 1,000 before it? And it's the 1,001 hits, you know, combined and compounded that are what split the stone. And so it's not the the fact that I was, you know, I reached out, you know, as many times as I did and got the yes. It's the fact that I was willing to take the no's, meaning I was willing to hit the stone knowing that nothing was going to happen at all. But if I just keep hitting it, it's going to be that final one. So it's the best feeling ever. Like the KFC guy, right? He heard a thousand no's when he went knocking on all the restaurants trying to share his recipe and, you know, basically doing the joint venture with him. Colonel Sanders at age 65. And so it's like he heard a thousand no's and he finally got that yes. And now it's the KFC chain that we know. But it's because he was willing to, you know, chin up throughout a thousand, a thousand no's. He kept his chin up and was like, I'm going to get that one yes. And so it's the same kind of concept, you know? Yep. Now, I think it's important to, to resonate because I think like, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling inspired. And it reminds me of Jim Rote quote saying, you know, when someone's heading in the wrong direction, they don't need motivation because now all you have is a motivated idiot. What they need is an education <laughs> to turn them around and point them in the right direction. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if whatever your business you're in, I just want to clarify that you, if, if you're dedicated that you want to build this business, you need to be dedicated to solving that problem. Zig Ziglar said you can have anything you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. And that's like your business is a problem. So don't be like the newspaper industries that like, I'm going to make this business of selling wads of paper with advertising work because that's not solving a problem. And that's why I think it's important to have mentorship because then you can have a mentor be like, hey, look, you know, you're about to walk down a really hard road through a swamp with full of alligators. And I don't know if you want to go that way because there's a path right next to it that goes around the swamp and will get you there much faster. And so you can shorten your shorten your gap. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've actually been using that expression ever since you gave me a copy of your book. Good. I've been using that expression. <laughs> He's 
like, good. That's he's like, that's that's my free marketing at work right there. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> he's like, that's what got me on this interview. That book. <laughs> it was. It was good. And I yeah. Anyways, it's a good book. It is. Shorten the gap. Um, good. There was. There's not a book out there like that, especially for the youth. And so I wanted to create something like that. But that's interrupting. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I, I think I lost my, oh, just saying to people that just being inspired isn't, that's why it's important. You don't sit like a mad scientist alone in your room, cackling that you get other people's eyeballs on it, that you get a mentor and you find people that have experience in your industry. Um, like, you know, go, go find the old timers, go show them, tell them what you're doing, go get them excited about it. Go spread the word. Because if one, if you're, if you're off your kilter, if you're doing the wrong thing, they'll let you know. And, you know, just cause they may have a different opinion doesn't mean that's that they're necessarily right especially if there's a couple of generations between you um but just i just want to say i just wanted to put that kind of disclaimer on there that you know it is about persistence it is about drive but it's also about education and that you do better when you know better which is why we have these podcasts because we talked about a few things here today and i want you to move with with i want you guys i want you to be successful and so we can pump you up and get you excited and I'm going to do this and make this work regardless. And it is, it's a lifestyle thing. You know, I think it's like, if you wanted to win the, the, if you wanted to go to the Olympics, that's a lifestyle thing. If you want to go and do an Ironman triathlon, that's a lifestyle thing. You know, it's hard for you to go and do that and then just stop. You know, you're not going to go win the gold medal at, at the Olympics for judo and then give that up and take up ping pong. Like you're deciding your lifestyle and who you want to be and what you want to become. And then now we're talking about changing your habits. We're talking about your daily routine, talking about the types of people you associate with, how you spend your time. Um, all that stuff needs to be taken into consideration because when you win a gold medal at the Olympics, you don't win a gold medal because you showed up that day and became world champion. You won the gold medal because when you showed up there, you already were the world champion. You already had the best schedule. You already had the best 24-hour routine out of every, everyone else in the world for judo. You had the best coaches. You had the best training partners. You, your life was so optimized for that one specific thing that you were number one already when you got there. It just took that day for the rest of the world to find out. So that's why I'm saying to people to listen to this, that's what you have to think about. Like when Mark's talking about how he was beaten on that door for six months, it's because this is who he's going to be. It's not, it's not a question of if it's, that's who I'm going to be when I'm, if that's what it takes, then that's, that's what it takes. I'm in this for the lifestyle because I want to be a certain person and walk into my ideal self. And, um, Anyway, I'm running out of steam on that trail. No, I love it. And you, you brought me to one of my favorite sayings, and that is become the person you need to become to create your dream life. And it's so simple, and I think so many people out there teach you, map out what your lifestyle is that you want to create and figure out how to get it. And I agree with that to, to some degree. But at the same time, I came up with another way that I think is at least more effective for me and many of the people that I, I've worked with this on is back to the saying, become the person you need to become to create your dream life. And so what I do is I help people map out their dream life avatar and figure out who is basically their what is their dream life and then figure out basically who they need to become in order to live the life. So money is the byproduct of value creation and your dream life is the byproduct of becoming the person that would live that dream life. So what I always tell people is don't worry so much on your dream life Focus on focus the majority of your energy, maybe back to the 80-20 principle, right? 80% of your energy or the majority of your energy focused on becoming the person that you need to become and then your dream life will take care of itself, mm. right? Yeah. So 
when you do that, if you focus every single day, who do I need to become? What do I need to study in order to become that person and keep refining those skills through constant and ever-ending improvement? The dream life will take care of itself, right? If you wake up every morning saying, how can I make more money? You're not going to make nearly as much money if you wake up every morning and say, who do I need to add value to and, and what type of value do I need to add in order to make X amount of money? Right, because now you're not seeing yourself. It's not about making the dollar amount. It's about I want to help these people accomplish this, and that's who you are, and you're just going to charge a certain amount for it. If exactly. you see yourself as a certain type of caliber of if you want to be like a CEO in Silicon Valley, if that's like the ideal self that you want to be or walk into, then you need to like exactly said, like who, what do you have to be? What do you spend your days doing? How do you get there? What do you have to have around you? What does your day look like on a 24-hour basis? I love how you spelt that out because it's just it hits the – it hits the, Hits the nail on the head. You know, if you say that you want to accomplish all these things, and if we were to take a time log diary and you're watching four hours of television every night, I'm not sure if you're going to get there. You know, you may, maybe you do, but depending on what else, what you're spending the rest of your waking day doing, I don't know if you're going to get there because it just, it, you know, there's certain things, there is a certain amount of time, energy, and effort it takes to achieve things. There are hard lines in life. You're not going to be able to do 100 push ups unless you do it consistently and invest the time and energy and hours to get there. No matter what we do, we can't change how much energy it takes to take a rocket ship and get it pe- through uh, the gravitational pull in outer space. It just takes that much energy. And the same thing here. Like whatever your ideal life is, you're just going to have to do the work and the effort to change your habits, to change your lifestyle and to be that person. And I think and that exactly. Yeah. And I think so many of the times people map out their dream life and they try to live the same, think the same, have the same rituals and behavior patterns and then try to achieve their dream life. And that's the distinction that I'm trying to make here is that you map out your dream life and you try to do everything the same and model the same thinking patterns, language patterns, behavior patterns, etc. You're not going to achieve your dream life. What you have to do is figure out your dream life so you have the target to hit but then reverse engineer it and say who's the type of person that would have that dream life and is living it currently and what do I need to do? to become that person identical so that I'm actually reflecting it so that I am modeling every single thing about that person's patterns to become that and live that dream life and then it'll happen effortlessly and that's one of the things that I figured out early on is I just need to become the person and then it'll take care of itself. I just need to add the value. The money will be in my bank account. And it's a small, simple distinction, but it has so much impact over the quality of your life and the trajectory of your success. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. All right, so everyone listening to this call right now, I want you guys to do three things. I want you to, one, I want you to write a list. Um, you might have to do this after the call, but I want you to write a list of kind of like your bucket list, your lifetime goals, the things you want to accomplish or say you've done, and who, you know, and, and that's it, your bucket list, your lifetime goals. The next thing is I want you to write down how you want to live your life on a day-to-day and a monthly basis for the next three years. How do you want to spend your time? You want to spend your time, what activities do you want to be doing? What do you want to be like investing your time in? And then make a list of what you don't want to spend your time doing. And then the third thing I want you to do is make a list of what you would do if you knew for a fact that you are going to be struck dead by lightning in six months. If you knew for a fact you were going to die six months to the day, how would you want to spend the next six months? You couldn't necessarily give everything up. Depending on your situation, you might still need to fend for food and just to not leave a lot of debt for your relatives or whatever that is. But how would you do that? And I want you to make those lists, and then I want you to look at all three of those lists, find the commonalities, and that will help you design this ideal person that that Mark's talking about. Um, Now, I don't know. You probably have a much more better and in-depth process, but that's just a really simple thing that I've already done that I'm planning on redoing again this New Year's, um, and I just want to share with our listeners. Fantastic. So, Mark... 
Um, you've obviously you're a mover and shaker. You've got a ton of stuff going on. I think it's visible to everyone on the call here that you're driven. You've been become world class at what you've done before. You're you've been there before. You're set to do it again. What are you working on these days? What are you excited about? Um, I would say that I'm really excited about scaling up my company in 2015. Not for the fact of making more money, which I think is fantastic, but for the fact that I get to add more value into more people's lives. People always ask me, you know, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I and I just tell people I would do exactly what I'm doing. I would just do more of it. And what I mean by that is I would be making more money so that I have more options and freedom and choices to do what I want and basically take my business to the next level. And all that really means is it would allow me to serve and support and contribute to more people on a larger scale more interviews to larger audiences, more products to serve more people, and creating more products that are specifically that I've heard from the market that we were, there, we, we were screaming for this product, Mark, we need this product. Okay, great, I'll make you that product and I'll make as many of them as I need to to serve and support and contribute to the audience that I'm going after. Um, so yeah, you know, the biggest thing on my radar right now is just scaling up and figuring out how to do more of what I'm already doing and be able to have a well-balanced life and business so that I can live the lifestyle that I really want. So that's, that's awesome. That's, that's pretty much it for me, man. That's Simple, awesome. you know? So how does anyone that's on the call here, if they're interested in reaching out to you, how do they get in touch? What's the best way to access you? Um, there's a couple of different ways. One of them is you can go to our website, and we're actually rebranding, but this site will be up, I'm sure, by the time this airs. It's www.stg3. Dot com. So STG is the, sh- the acronym for Shorten the Gap, and then three. You'll, you'll get the essence of it when you go to the site. So STG3.com, or you can find me on Facebook.com forward slash Mark Lack 777 or 949 for my fan page or my personal page. Got it. So Mark Lack, L-A-C-K. That's awesome, Mark. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you joining on this call, and I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Back through L.A. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And I just want to say that I really do appreciate you and that, you know, I'm I'm not that much older than you, but you're definitely inspiration and motivational, and you're keeping me on my feet. So thanks, man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate being able to serve your audience. And uh, anytime you want me back on here, brother, I'm always happy to be. Thank you, man. Sounds like a plan. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. 
That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.